How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We're really excited. Uh, we have a loaded second hour, by the way, here on uh, 1080, 99.5 HD2 and the Odyssey app. But we start the second hour with Seth Walder, at Seth Walder on Twitter. He writes for ESPN.com. He's a sports analytics content specialist, and he's been with ESPN for 20, since 2017, runs a lot of their next-gen stats, and uh, provides a lot of great content for ESPN. He recently just put an article up on the James Robinson trade the Jets had, and I loved the fact that I loved that trade, and then I read Seth's piece, and Seth's like, that's a C. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm an idiot. Uh, Seth, thank you for hopping on. I, I, I want to start here, Seth. Um, when you join ESPN, is it is it initially agreed that your title is sports analytics content specialist? How do you negotiate that label as your job? Ooh. <laughs> oh, man. When I joined ESPN, I think I was whatever whatever name they wanted to put on it, I was I was happy to happy to have it. So I think that's I think that's fine. You know, it's like uh, whatever. You know, that, I was I was thrilled. You just want to be at ESPN doing ESPN stats. Who cares what the label says? <laughs> I, I, I want to say, you, you did make Heck me... Yeah. You made me feel dumb yesterday, so we're talking about we briefly bring that trade up on our show, and I'm like, hey, James Robbins, that's a nice little trade to fill in for Brees Hall. And then I go to ESPN.com, and I read your graded article, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess it's not that great of a move. Uh, tell me why I'm an idiot. Well, it's just, it's fine. Like, it, it's fine. I'm not, I'm not saying James Robinson is a bad player, but I just the the thing with running backs in the NFL is that when you there are so many sort of middle class running backs that you can have that are going to get what's blocked for them and that's what I think of when with James Robinson that's what the numbers suggest when we're talking about uh, rush yards over expectation which is a really uh, great uh, stat from NFL Next Gen Stats which basically looks at at the time of handoff based on where everyone is on the field how many yards would you would a running back be expected to get? And so a guy like Robinson gets what's blocked for him, which is fine. But you can find that guy uh, in a lot of places. And to me, yeah, it's only a fifth-round pick. I just don't think you need to give up a fifth-round pick uh, to get someone like James Robinson. He has the experience, but that's just because he's been in that role before. I think you can find someone. Like, I think about Latavius Murray was just picked off a practice squad. That's, that's free. And I think that you're sort of talking about a similar caliber of player there. And so I just don't love when you're giving away a draft pick for a running back in this spot. I get it. Like, you know, they lost Brees Hall. Of course, you're feeling like, 
you're feeling down and you want to you want to fill that void. Uh, to me, it's just not a, a great use of resources. I want to start Seth, with, with you with like kind of a generic question, but we debate so much now the decisions to go for it on fourth down to be aggressive. I'm sure you like pull your hair out as you're watching analysts and the things that they have to say about it because you look into it and you have you know analytics and the numbers behind it. Um, at j- just at a very generic level, which teams in your mind are doing it the best this year in terms of when they're being aggressive and the decisions that they're making and which teams are doing it the worst, either being super conservative or, you know, a Brandon Staley kind of going for it on fourth and five from your own 45 yard line at the end of the game kind of stands out, which teams are doing it the best and which teams are doing it the worst. I think the teams that, you know, in some ways it's a small sample, even over, over seven games this year, but I think we have enough history with a couple of coaches that I think you would feel really good about their game management overall. Uh, that would be uh, the Ravens and the Jaguars to me are the teams that stand out that I would, I would trust the most to get it right. Those two coaches, Harbaugh and Peterson have a long history of, uh, I wouldn't say making optimal decisions, but making, making the closest optimal that you can, that you can have. Staley is an interesting case because, you know, I know people get on him for, being aggressive and there were times last year where yeah our numbers actually agreed there were a couple of instances mostly we agreed with what he did last year uh, where he was uh, more quote-unquote aggressive than our model would suggest but to me the thing with Staley is that he's a completely different person this year Uh, he has not been close to optimal I think he's made uh, a series of errors where he's punted or kicked a field goal when he ought not to have and so I think like he doesn't belong in the quote, aggressive category anymore to me uh, because of what he's done this year. So uh, those those are interesting. I think there's a lot of coaches that, uh, you know, Dan Campbell, by the way, is another one that makes a lot of good fourth down decisions. So he he did have a a big error early in the year, but he's one that stands out as well. Uh, This is Seth Walder of ESPN.com. He's a sax. He's a sports analytics content specialist. You can find him on Twitter, <laughs> at Seth Walder. We had, we had shortened it up for you there. I, I, I want to pick up what you just brought up. So y- you would have Harbaugh and Peterson, even though, as a gambler, I'm tired of gambling on the Jags. They've done nothing but But I hear your point on the fourth down stuff. I ask you this. On a game a couple weeks ago, Buffalo had a, uh, was trailing big to Baltimore. They come back. They tie it. It's rainy. It's wet. Baltimore is seemingly at, at like the five-yard line or closer. I forget where exactly where they were. They're right there. John Arbaugh, near the end of the game, fourth and goal, he decides to go for it instead of taking the three points to go up three. And then, yeah, there was like less than two minutes left, which is a ton of time for Josh Allen. But I guess I, I in the moment, I'm pissed. I'm like, just take the points. You get the best kicker. You want to be ahead of Buffalo. And if they beat you, they beat you. Did John Harbaugh make the right call there? Help me understand analytics a little more where I think that's a dumb call even in the moment, but maybe you're going to point to some metrics that would say it's smarter to go for it actually there. Oh, man. I got, so you're taking me back a couple of weeks, so I'm trying to remember this exact yeah. scenario. I, I think we liked it. Uh, you know, I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure we liked it. Harbaugh had a big error where he was overly conservative earlier this year, but – uh, I think we liked it in that spot. Generally, the you know when you're down you're down close to the end zone, uh, we're going to be more aggressive than most coaches. But let me say this because you brought something up that I think is interesting. Like you called it gambling, right? But I would I would suggest that when a coach is punting and kicking field goals, that that is truly gambling, because that is when you are actually hurting your chance to win. You are extending the game, maybe. 
you are lowering your chance to win. And that is actually the real gamble. And I think we the, we often frame fourth downs as that as 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 gambling when you are going for it. But that's often the sort of correct play. Like that is the basic blackjack strategy play. Uh, and doing the doing the quote unquote conservative thing is the gamble. Well, my money line bet would beg to differ, but I, I hear your point there. Yeah. <laughs> let me let me. He was gambling. Yeah, yeah. I was gambling. Jim Harbaugh was or Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, John Harbaugh was doing what he felt like it was right. I was gambling. Actually, literally. Uh, let me ask you. You mentioned Staley there. Why? Why is Staley bad now? Like, is this? Do you think he's feeling pressure? Is this? He's gone away from analytical models. Like, how how can you go from being considered really good last year? And I, I love that you said it because it's pretty noticeable with them to just making key mistakes on these calls. <laughs> I listen, I think that's a million-dollar question that I would love the answer to. I, have, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what happened there because I think it's really interesting that you know, he went through this process last year where he was sort of going in a very – he was making game management decisions in a very analytical way. I think he was talking about them. I think in the, in the off season was talking about uh, things, what I would say are all the right things about giving your team the best chance to win, understanding the value of possessions, the value of touchdowns over field goals, like all of those things checked out to me. And then, but then the behavior changed. And so to me, I don't know the answer. I don't know what happened there. I think it's, I think it's really interesting. He obviously took a lot of heat for it. And so, yeah, of course, you wonder, like, did that, did that affect him? Uh, and, and I think it's, it's curious, though. I, I certainly do think that's interesting. Something I'm curious about, Seth, is that I, I've seen a lot of either current coaches or former coaches come out, and there's this kind of push at times against the analytical crowd in the NFL for decisions on fourth down, and I'm, I'm sure that makes you chuckle. But when you – when you look at the metrics that go into it, former coaches and current coaches will say, well, does it analyze the weather? Does it analyze how your team's been playing? Does it analyze if you're starting quarterbacks in the game, right? Or is your left tackle injured or all, all these different things? And I, as somebody who doesn't know anything about how analytics actually work behind the scenes, I'm genuinely curious. Like, does it take all that into consideration or is it just a generic model that says if you pick up this first down, there's a 7% chance increase and you're going to win the football game? That's a great question. I think in general, when that's brought up, when someone says, does it account for X, it's often, I, I consider that like, it's like the distraction when a magician has their illusion. Like it's, <laughs> it's distracting you from the real point, okay? But let me tell you how it works, because I, I, I think it is fair to, to, to ask how, how the model works. And so the way that our model works is it's, it's, based on, uh, it's based on, yeah, some league averages, right? But we are considering also the straight, relative strength of the offense and defense. Uh, so how good is the offense on the field? How good is the defense on the field? And certainly how good are the, the two teams affects the win probability going into it. The way it works is instead of saying go, no, go, what, what the model will say is, um, you know, you need a 55% chance to, con- to convert to justify going for this, right? And a league average – might be 65% chance, but you're the uh, Eagles, so you're 67% chance to convert. Now, and now you're really comparing, uh, I'm sorry, you have a 67% chance to convert, you need a 55% chance to justify going for it. So now you're comparing those two numbers and you're saying, okay, that's an easy call. We, we can easily clear that threshold. It is true that matchup factors 
my missing my left tackle? Is there, uh, is there outside corner out? Like those things do matter. Um, but, and that's where I think a coach might, you put that in say, okay, yeah, we're missing our left tackle. Maybe, maybe we bump down a couple spots, but there's no situation where the Eagles should expect that they should convert a fourth and one at like under 55% of the time at midfield. So uh, I think to me that it is, it is good. It is, it is perfectly appropriate to consider some of these factors um, in a game, but you don't want what's called base rate neglect where we forget how what we would expect in general a team to convert on in those situations. All that's kind of like weather aside. Yes, if it's like a blizzard or something, like <laughs> I think every I think everyone is smart enough to know that like your like general numbers go out the window and that's fun. This is Seth Walder. He's a uh, he's an analytics specialist for ESPN.com. Does a lot of great work at Seth Walder. Is the NFL doing? We see a lot of numbers on our screens, right? Like they'll. Some broadcasts will put percentage chances of picking up a down. Some broadcasts will tell us how far a field goal would go if they kicked it from further, right? Like, hey, that 50-yard field goal actually would be good from 63. Numbers are starting to jump off. Gambling's going all across the country. Like, we're starting to learn more and more as sports viewers. Do you watch the NFL and feel like the coaching community and the NFL in general, do you feel like there's enough buy-in with analytics yet? Or is it something you're still seeing being evolved and still some reluctance in that community? Uh, yes, yes, and yes. So, like, I, every team in every team in the NFL has, uh, you know, has at least one full-time analytics staffer. Most have uh, multiple or larger teams. Um, they play a variety of roles, from helping the coaching staff to helping the front office. Uh, across, depending on the team, depending on the buy-in from leaders, I think you get people like. Uh, I mean, you've. Like in Minnesota, the general manager, Quesi Adolfo came up through analytics ranks, right? So clearly uh, is, this is something that's taken hold in, uh, in some clubs. Other clubs are more resistant. I think it's a matter of time for everyone when it comes to, uh, to buy-in. But like ultimately, we've seen what happened in other sports, right? There's no reason to think that analytics won't continue to progress in football when we've seen what happened in in baseball and basketball. And like, let's look at that. Let's look at the evidence here. Like what are the things that the nerds were saying 10 years ago? The two things they were saying, go for it on fourth down more, three things, go for it on fourth down more, trade down in the draft more and, uh, and pass the ball more. Like all three of the league has moved in the, in that direction in all three instances. So uh, to me, I think it just shows like that, was a lot of there's a lot of truth to that. They, that was those were evidence based takes, and I think that the league has has caught and running backs the, the decreasing value of running backs, which has certainly played out if you look at their salary. The nerds were right, baby. I love it. Last one I got for you, Seth, because I saw you guys also came up with the I think you're calling it the receiver tracking metrics, where you're analyzing guys that run routes and can they get open yards after catch and all that. I, I do want to ask you about yeah. one specific team. So I'm just curious because I'm watching Green Bay struggle offensively. And they obviously traded Devontae Adams in the offseason. I don't know what your receiver tracking metrics are saying about Green Bay, but how much of it is on that receiver core just maybe not being able to get open as opposed to maybe Rodgers missing guys or the offensive line? And then which quarterbacks are getting the most help in the league based on on those metrics? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, we're really excited about these tracking metrics. I think that they're able to help quantify, like, true openness, not just separation, but true receiver openness. Um, and their ability to make catches and get yak relative to expectation. Green, Green Bay 
uh, yeah, the receiver numbers, they're not great. So uh, Romeo Dobbs and Alan Lazard, they both have open scores of 47 and 50. Um, it's a zero to 99 scale. So we're basically saying, yeah, they're average at getting, at getting open uh, for, uh, you know, an NFL wide receiver tight end. Um, and that's just not what you want to see. I mean, if I were Green Bay, I would absolutely be in the market for a receiver. And Dobbs, of course, it's not just he's getting open at kind of just an average rate, but he's also dropping passes. So right. he has a super low catch score. Uh, like, to me, that's, uh, you know, I think that you really need to, to get that help. I mean, I, I think a few guys stand out at the, at the top of the list. I don't know that which – uh, team is a good question. I, I don't have it quite in front of me, but some players like that I, I think are really stand out. Like Tyler Lockett uh, gets open at an incredible rate. He always has and catches everything. So uh, he can't get a, a yak yard to save his life, but, uh, but, but when it comes to the first two phases of a receiver game, I think he's been a huge help to Geno Smith. Um, and I, I think that's, to me, he's been one of the best the best players overall score. The combination of open score, catch score, yak score. Uh, the top five players are Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown. I don't think that's much of a surprise. Those guys are superstars. Uh, but like, hey, you know, it's cool to see the numbers backing up that the fact that uh, some some really awesome players are are playing really well. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Good stuff. Seth Walder, ESPN.com analytics specialist for ESPN, does great work. And despite me disagreeing with his Buffalo-Baltimore decision on fourth down because I had a money line bet, Seth <laughs> provides great coverage and a good look at the numbers. Seth, thanks for hopping on with us, man. We appreciate it. And let's catch up with you in a couple of weeks and dive back into what's been going on in the National Football League. We appreciate it. Sounds great. Happy to come on anytime. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply analysis by ookla speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023 old man winter here if i had it my way it would stay winter all year long short days wind chill black ice and a good polar vortex oh heaven wait is it getting warm in here your cold snap is over old man winter spring has arrived spring spring is here which means it's the perfect time to get away in the hyundai you've always wanted visit the hyundai getaway sales event where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning hyundai models like the tech-filled tucson and kona as well as the spacious palisade enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with america's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance but hurry in these deals won't last add more joy to your journey at the hyundai getaway sales event now get zero percent apr or up to 1500 bonus cash on the hyundai tucson now during the hyundai getaway sales event offers end soon call 562-314-4603 for details 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.